All right, let's turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 8. All right. We started talking about verse 8 last week. I'm gonna, I've got a few more things to just maybe talk about here this morning in verse 8, and then we'll move on, Lord willing. But So 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 8. Paul said, I speak not by commandment, but by occasion of the forwardness of others and to prove the sincerity of your love. And we talked about... Um, you know, we've been talking about giving, as we know, and we talked about we talked a little bit about the tithe last week. And I said we had I had two things I wanted to kind of mention on this phrase that Paul uses at the beginning of this this verse when he says, "I speak not by commandment." And we talked last week. Paul wasn't Paul wasn't ordering the believers to give money. He, what he was doing was he was encouraging and he was providing examples of how we should have a desire. Uh, then that God wants us to have a desire to give. And, but the other part that I, that I wanted to, to think about, wanted us to think about, is kind of hit me when I read that, was when he said, I speak not by commandment, um, you know, the tithe did not originate in the law. Okay, it did not originate there. Uh, the tithe originated before the law. Okay, and I believe that this is the principle that God wants us to, to get a hold of, is the fact that, the tithe is not meant to be a directive to us, okay? But what, it's, but what it should be, it should be a desire that should come from within us is what it should be. And if you turn to, if you want to, I'm going to turn back to Genesis 14 and read a couple of verses because um, Abraham was the first man to offer a tithe, at least from what I studied and what I've read. Um, Genesis 14, verse... Starting with verse 18, I'm going to read verses 18, 19, and 20. In Genesis 14, it says, And it says, And Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought forth bread and wine, and he was the priest of the Most High God. And he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abram of the Most High God, possessor of heaven and earth. And blessed be the Most High God, who ha which hath delivered thine enemies into thy hand. And this is, this is Abraham that we're talking about, and he gave him tithes of all. And this is, the, like I said, this is the first time that there was a tithe given or a tithe ob offered. And Abraham didn't tithe, he didn't tithe out of obligation to the law. Because there was no law for him to have tithes on behalf of at that point in time. He tithed in order to honor God. That's, what, that's why he tithed, that's why he gave what he gave, it was to honor God. And this is the first example we have of this. Now, if we move forward a few chapters to Genesis 28, we're going to see, we're going to see Jacob in Genesis 28. Let me find it here. Genesis 28, verse 20, starting in verse 20. And says, And Jacob vowed a vow, saying, if God will be with me and will keep me in this way that I go and will give me bread to eat and raiment to put on so that I come again to my father's house in peace, then shall the Lord be my God and this stone which I have set for a pillar shall be God's house and of all that thou shalt give me, I will surely give the tenth unto thee. So we see it, I mean, you know, and it works, we look around us, you know, I think about, and I just kind of had this thought, that when, when people get saved and when people join the church, I mean, there's a, there's a ripple effect, okay? Now, it may not be that everybody in our family gets saved, 
But there is an effect on people around. And you think how that Abraham started, what he started back with when he first gave the first tithe, it was passed on down through to his, to his heirs. I mean, and Jacob was, continued that, that practice on as well. But the point I'm trying to make here this morning is the fact that you know, he continued the practice, and we can see from these two accounts in history that tithing is not something that originated with the law. It's a principle that's been understood by God's people from the beginning. I mean, when you think about that, I mean, it started with Abraham. He, he recognized that in order to honor God, he wanted to give something back to God, you know, and, it, and we should too. So, you know, I thought about this, and I thought how that, you know, a lot of people say, well, you know, this is all Old Testament stuff, and, you know, that doesn't apply anymore. Well, I, I, that's not true. It does apply, okay? The whole Bible applies. And I thought about the, the verse in Romans, chapter 15, verse 4, that says, for whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning. I mean, everything in the book is written for us to learn from, okay? And then there's different things to be applied, but it's all, it's all written for us to learn from this morning. So the entire Bible is God's word, and the entire Bible is applicable, okay, and, and it's to be applied to our lives today. It's still to be applied, whether it's Old Testament or not, there's still things to be applied, okay, and there's still principles for us to live by. You know, and you think about what, what uh, Paul tells us in uh, 1 Corinthians 16, 2. This is what he, this, this verse, part of this verse says, as God hath prospered him. You know, this means the giving was to be proportionate. That's what, I mean, that's what, that's what Paul was teaching back there. And those who God prospered the most were to give the most. And that's kind of what he's trying to get across here to the Corinthians. And let me just say, he's trying to get that across to me and us this morning and all of us that read and study this in the Bible, is that as we're prospered, we're to give. And if you think about it, the application of the tithe was and is kind of the same. And what I mean by that is it's proportionate to what God's given to us. I mean, when you think about it, it's in proportion. And the application of the principle is the same, okay? But there's two parts, I think, to the principle for us today. I mean, and this is just my thought. Y'all chime in if you disagree. But I think if we're seeking to live in obedience to God's word, and, and I'll, just, I'll just stop right here before I go any further. I just want to tell you something. This, as I've studied this and read this, I mean, it's really, it's really as, it, as it does every time as I study, this touches me before, way before it touches you all, okay? And as I study, I mean, all these things that I'm studying on, reading on, and they, these things, you know, they're... They're having an impact on, on my life. I mean, I mean it's, it's, it's making me think, and it's making me wonder, and it's making me search out and want to. I want to do what God wants. I don't want to, I don't want to not live the way that he's asking us to serve him. I want to serve him because when we want to serve him, man, he, you know, number one, he's going to bless us, but I, I'm not necessarily looking for the, that as much as I am just wanting to honor him for what he's done for me. I mean, that's the thing, and to serve him so that we might see other people be saved. I mean, I, you know, I don't know. But uh, so anyway, so if we're seeking to live in obedience to his word, then I think there's two principles that we'll get out of this. And y'all can say, praise the Lord, I'm going to move on after this. But anyway, um, the tithe, I think, this is, I think this is what's, I think it's expected of us in order for us to, in honor of God and for love, for God Almighty that we're instructed to give 10%. I think, that we're, I think that we're instructed to do that. Now, I think there's also the second part is giving, which is what 
Paul kind of touched on, and I'm not going to turn back there to 1 Corinthians, but what he's kind of talking about here is giving. And I believe if God has prospered us, then we're to give him a portion of that which he's given to us, and I think that's on top of the 10%. Now, that's just, my, that's just the way I've, I've studied it. So, And, and I thought it was, uh, I'll share this with you. Um, I, I like J. Vernon McGee. I, I, I referenced, go and read his references, not all the time, but some. And uh, he told this story that, uh, and I kind of look back at him to see, he was born, I think if I remember right, back in 1904. So he lived up through the, grew up, and he lived through the 30s and the 40s, the Depression and all that. And he was talking about, I mean, he, he was a great, a great man of God from what I read. I mean, and uh, pastored a lot of churches in different places. I think he was in Georgia, then he went to Texas, then I think he ended up out in California, maybe in Pasadena, California, I think. But when he was in Texas, he told this story of uh, when he was pastoring the church there that there was a, there was a man that was an, off, an officer in his church and said he was a wealthy man. Said he owned a couple of Coke, Coca-Cola plants back at the time. So, I mean, I'd say the guy was pretty wealthy. And uh, said uh, he used to, he had a ranch. And that kind of tells you well, he had some money too, right, if he had a ranch. But he said he would, he would go out there with him and they would hunt and fish some on the ranch. And he said a couple times he was out there, said he asked him, said he finally asked him one time, he said, he said uh, Pastor, said, how come you never preach on tithing? And... Uh, he said, well, why do you think I ought to preach on tithing? And he said, well, because it's, it's biblical. It's in the Bible. And he said, well, he said, he said what, don't you think it is? And he said, well, let me tell you what I think. He said, that, uh, he said, I believe that it's not about tithing. He said, I believe it's about giving. And he said, what do you mean? He said, well, those of us that have been, he said, there are people in our church right now that, we're, that are going through hard times that don't have, they can't give a tithe right now. So they're going through difficult times because it was during the Depression. But he said, then there's others in the church who are, still, who are prospering quite well. And he said, they could probably give more than a tenth or more than 10%. He said that that man was, I guess he was given 10%. He said, he never after that day asked him to preach on tithing again. So, <laughs> so anyway, that's right. That's right. And he's going he's gonna to elaborate, Lord willing, he's going to elaborate on that as we move forward. And we're going to talk some about that. Because, yeah, he's, the intent is not and I'm going to get ahead of myself, but I'm just going to go ahead and say this. God's intent is never to burden us. His intent is never to burden us, okay? I mean, he's just asking us to, he's just asking us to honor him. That's all he's asking for, so. So he can bless us. I mean, what a, <laughs> probably not a good thing to say, but I'd say, what a deal. I mean, it's not a deal, but I mean, you know, I, yeah, I mean. All right, verse 9. And, let, and then this kind of, lead, and then, then we come to verse 9, and I think, you know, if this doesn't make me stop and think, then I need to get back and reassess a little bit, you know? I mean, what, where's my mindset, okay? Because this is what was being given to me and to us, and I can't give a little bit back. I mean, what, what anything that he wants me to give can't come anywhere near close to what he's given to me. No way. Verse 9 says this, For we know, for ye know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich... Yet for your sakes he became poor, that ye through his poverty might be rich. I mean, you know, Paul reminds us here of the ultimate example of giving in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I mean, that's the ultimate example. I mean, there is no better example. He left, you know, and I like the words that he uses here. He left the riches of glory. He gave them up. 
I mean, you think about that. I mean, we can't even imagine what heaven is going to be like. We, we, can't, we, we don't have any, we can't. I mean, we can read about it in, the, in God's word. We don't have any idea what it's going to be like. And you think he left that to come down here to this wretched, wretched world, poor, because why? Because he knew the only way we were going to get to where he is is if he would come down here to where we are. That's the only way. I mean, he gave him up for us and for me. He came to this dark, poor world to live and to die. I mean, I tell you, you sit and think about that some. I don't care how long you've been saved. Sit and think about that for a while. If that doesn't touch me and doesn't touch us, then we better get our toucher checked. I'm telling you. So to provide the ultimate gift to me and everybody that will receive it, but... And I thought about what he said here, through his poverty. I mean, he, he took on the poorest position ever for us, for us, for us. So that we who accept his gift, we can become rich for eternity, not rich in worldly stuff, but rich in heavenly treasures. I mean, what he left, he wants to, he's given us a way to go and see that and be with him. There's no other gift that compares to the gift of salvation that Christ has given to us. No other gift. There's no other act of giving that compares to that. Nothing. And Christ, he tells us specifically that we're to give. If you want to turn to Luke chapter 6, verse 38. This is what he, and um, I, texted, uh, I texted Pastor Tom when I was, I was studying this. And I texted him, I told him, you know, I said, I used to read this verse and I thought this was like a, to me, it, initially it was a, I would call it a feel-good verse. You know, you read them and you, and, you, and you think you feel good. It makes you feel good about yourself. But then the more that I sat here and read it and studied it, I didn't feel so good. I'm just going to be honest because what he's teaching us here is, 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 very, is very deep, I would say, and it's very close to the heart. I would just say that. Because this is what he tells us. He says, give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down and shaken together and running over, shall men give into your bosom, for with the same measure that you met with all, it shall be measured to you again. When you read that, you think, oh, oh man, if I give, I'm going to get blessed. I mean, and no doubt, if we give, we will be blessed, okay? But that's not what it's, that's not the reason that we're to give. We're to give because we want to give. Because we, again, because we love the Lord and we want to give. And um, certainly, you know, like I said, for the right reasons. If we're given for the right reasons and with the right attitude, he's going to bless us. But that's not why we give. That's not why we should want to give. Okay, not to see what we get back. It's because we can give. That's why we should want to give. But, so, and, and I want us to look at this. this. He uses this word measure. And, you know, measure, this is what it involves. It involves weighing and judging. And I got this, the footnote in my Bible, and I really like this footnote. This is what it said. It said, the word measure involves weighing and judging. And if you look back at verse 37, he's talking about judging right there. And judging comes into this. Okay, there's some judgment on our behalf when we're determining how we're going to give. I mean, whether we're, I'm talking financially, but we're also talking just broad, okay, how we act, how we respond. I mean, all this, all judging covers all that, okay. And it says, involves weighing and judging. Be fair to others because the same measure you use 
will return to you. Think about that. If you are generous, generosity will be returned to you in full measure. If you are stingy and uncharitable, this is, my foot, this is a footnote here, so don't get mad at me. Such will be the standards by which you are judged, by which I'm judged. Okay? I mean, that's, you know, and I thought about that because the more I sit here and looked at those verses, I thought, he's talking about us judging in the previous verse, but then he goes on and says, he talks about giving. You know, it is, it, 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 it all ties in together our attitude, our outlook, our perception, all that weighs in to how we treat other people, right? And whether they're people within the house of the Lord or outside. I mean, y'all can tell me if you disagree. But um, I thought about that, and, and I thought, it, it just made me think when we st- I was sitting here studying and, and thinking about the weighing and the measuring. And, and, and I thought, the Lord just kind of brought to my mind, when I was growing up, Y'all know I had one set of grandparents that lived right down Roxalina Road here. But my other grandparents lived out across the road from where Lori and I live now. And they always had a garden, okay, a big, big garden. I mean, I can, I can, I mean, I can just remember, I was a little guy, okay, but, but I helped in that garden. But I can remember, you know, I mean, they had potatoes, beans, strawberries, raspberries. I mean, you, if you name it, it, they probably at one point in time took around at growing some of it. I mean, it was, you know, and, and it was a privilege, you know. I got some, a lot of fond memories of that. But I can remember, like, green beans, for example. I mean, man, picking green beans until... <laughs> I didn't want to see another green bean, man. I mean, all kinds of... But I can, what I remember is my grandma had a... She had a set of scales. Just these old... Just, I mean, it just... All it was was just something about this big. And it had a little square platform on top of it and the dial on the front, and, it, and that's how she weighed everything. She weighed everything that they sold. She weighed everything. She didn't guess at it. She was real particular about it because, I mean, you know, I'd sit them up on there, and if it wasn't quite right, she'd say, no, wait a minute. She'd say, you need to put a few more in there. She'd say, that's not enough. She cared. You know what I mean? She, she, she was taking, taking time to make sure that people, if they were going to pay for something, they were going to get what they would deserve. You know, and I thought... I don't give him I don't give him near what he deserves, okay? I can only speak for myself, but I need to give him more because he gave everything he had for me, but she was particular, you know? And before she sold anything, I mean, we'd sort the stuff. I mean, anything that had spots in and stuff like that, that stuff got kept. We ate that. I mean, but you know, I mean, that's that's what it means to me. That's to me that's what it means when it says press down good measure and, and ju- weighing and judging, that's what we're talking about here. We're talking about, you know, what's in our heart? What do we, what do we want to give? What do we, you know, are we, how, why are we giving? That's really the question. Why am I giving? <laughs> I'm blessed. Yep. So, you know, that, that, like I said, that just kind of came to my mind as I was studying this. So, you know, we're, we're being told to measure the benefits of giving. I think that's what I think that's what Christ was telling us here. I mean, among other things, there's there's judgment in here. I understand that the concept of judgment, but I also think he's he's telling us there's benefits of giving and there's a purpose in our giving. And you say, well, what is the purpose in our giving? Anybody? Okay. Well, let me tell you what I think. Number one, I think we give to support the Great Commission. Okay. That's that's why we give. 
And, and so how does that work? You say, how does that work? Well, number one, we support the church. Because without the church, there will be no body of believers, right? So we, got, we need to support the church. And we need to support the ministries to spread the gospel. Because, you know, I thought, it, I thought again, it was either, I can't remember one of the commentators I was reading about after, said back then, the, the words they used, and they, this was written 30, 40 years ago, there's a great need to get the, the word out, the gospel out to people today. There's a great need, and there's a cost associated with that, you know? But um, that's, to me, that's why we give. We don't just give. It shouldn't just be an exercise. It shouldn't just be a process. It should be something that we want to do. But, so we've got an obligation, okay, number, to, to further distribute the gospel, whatever that means to each of us, okay? But each one of us has that obligation. So whether it's praying, witnessing, giving, whatever it is, or all of those things, really, we should all be trying to do. So as believers, I think it was Oliver Green said this, as believers, we are to support the work of the church financially, listen to what he said, so it can fulfill its God-given function in this needy world. That's why we give. I mean, that's why we give. So, you know, and I thought how that, how blessed I am to belong to a church that has activity and has desire to want to minister outside the walls of the church. I mean, I, I mean, honestly, if folks don't, you know, we're blessed here. The fact that people have given and continue to give, it costs, you know, it, there's not a huge cost, okay, to go out maybe for door hangers and things like that, but it does cost money, okay? But I'm thankful that we can give to, to the to the to the service, to the effort to get the word of God out. I mean, you think about the ministries that we give to outside that, that maybe you've never, I've never met all these people, but they're doing God's work and the money that's being used to spread the gospel. So, you know, to work to see the gospel distributed, I mean, it's a wonderful thing. We don't just give, like I said, because it's the right thing to do or just give to give. We give to support the ministry of the gospel. That's why we give. Bless you, Randy. Amen. Anybody else have any comments this morning? I mean, it's a privilege to, I, I don't know, y'all probably get tired of hearing me say it. I feel like I say it a lot on Wednesday night. I say it a lot on Sunday night when I get up and lead service. I mean, but it's a privilege to belong to a church that preaches the word and has a desire to spread the gospel, to see people saved. I mean, you know, and we're not the only church. I know that. You know, I mean, it, it, uh, it's just, uh, he's called us together for the purpose, for his purpose. I mean, he's called us together for that, and it is truly is a privilege, but sure, yes, yes. Yeah, and maybe not monet, maybe not in money, but we get it back in, 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 I mean, if nothing else, if we're trying to help somebody and God tells us to, I mean, there ought to be a, you know, it's okay to feel good, not to raise ourselves up and make our heads swell, but it's okay if, if, if God tells us to help somebody, then yeah, he gives back to us and, Sure, sure. Yeah, it may not be it may not be green stuff, but you know what? A lot of times, other things are a whole lot better than than that green stuff. <laughs> I mean, that green stuff's dirty. <laughs> but anyway, I must. I think I'm gonna stop there. I've got I got another kind of point to start off with, and I think I'll just stop there unless unless somebody has another comment. Yeah, he's a he is a. From my reading of, of 
Melchizedek, he's a form of, of Jesus Christ. He's mentioned, he's mentioned more than just there in the Bible, too. And every time he's mentioned, you, it, uh, 